Good morning. This is uh, Scott Van Kirk. I'm filling in for Gary uh, today on the gun show. He's on vacation, or I think we theorized uh, last hour community that he... Community service. Community probably. service. Yeah, yeah. Service. He might have a, a nail on the end of a stick and a <laughs> reflective vest on. Uh, but that's his business. We're not going to get into that. Joining me today is Larry Wayland, owner-operator, Modern Arms. Over at the Brown Station location. Oh, how you, you doing, are, buddy? I'm almost perfect. Almost perfect? I got room to improve. I can admit it. Well, I think Joe and I could probably send some uh, <laughs> suggestions your way just in a friendly manner because we're, we're friends. <laughs> we're interested in your personal growth. <laughs> we, are, we, we are vested in his personal growth as your friends. We are a team. Your, your critiques are welcome. <laughs> we, are, we are a team. We are a team. I think on one of the breaks. I, sometimes I feel like I'm getting teamed up on. Yeah. That must be it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, during one of the breaks, uh, uh, I believe it was you, Joe. And this is Joe Gilbert from joegilbert.us. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm great. Now, yeah. I'm curious to see what you're going to expose to the public now. <laughs> it happened during the break. Yeah. Well, no. apprehensive. What, did, we say? what yeah. did I say during the break? <laughs> as, uh, during one of the breaks, Joe described us as uh, two introverts and a guy with low self-esteem and confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all get to decide who's who. Yeah, that, exactly. calls, that calls the room for sure. <laughs> you know, because during the break, you know, Larry and Joe are both just propping me up. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that went horrible. No, no, you're doing good. You're doing good. Keep it up, buddy. Keep it up. You're doing good. You're doing good. You're, you're, Steer the ship. You're doing great. <laughs> It's a great show. like radio. <laughs> yeah, my friend Jen says that we're all doing great. She says she likes listening to smart guys. Oh. So, hey, oh, what we're having an impact. Exactly. <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe we can catch it on a, a you know, a yeah. rerun, whatever she's listening <laughs> whatever to. Whatever she's listening to. Need, uh, ever send us a link. We'd love to hear it. <laughs> yeah, how do you send in kudos to the radio station? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so last hour and the last hour, with my impeccable timing, I was trying to tell a story. Um, about, uh, well, I was telling the story, maybe not very well, um, about uh, my interactions with the ATF back when I was in law enforcement. So just to recap real quick, the uh, I had been assigned to investigate uh, somebody shooting off some machine guns at a public range. The complainant had a uh, license plate number for the vehicle connected to it, made contact with that individual, find out that him and another guy the other guy being an employee of a local Class Three manufacturer were the ones out there shooting, and they were just test firing these weapons yeah. that, that the manufacturer has, you know, all the proper licenses and tax stamps and inspections and everything else under the sun to manufacture uh, Class Three or fully automatic firearms, as well as suppressors and all of that business. And um, it was a slow, you know, it was just a slow roll. It wasn't like I was looking for something to turn this into. I just needed to find out what was going on. Hey, talk to the guy. Thanks for your cooperation. I, I called uh, an AT next morning. I call an ATF agent that I knew that I work with um, down in Madison, and I said, "Hey, here's what I've got." And I said, um, "It appears that the uh, individual, you know, by all appearances, that the individual works for this company, and he was out test firing this weapons with his buddy." I said, "What is the rules? What's the law?" Because um, I wasn't overly familiar with all of the intricacies. What's the what's the rule for a Class Three manufacturer transporting Class Three weapons for the purposes of test fire? And he tells me, he says, "Well, the standard is is that it has to be the individual who it has to be an individual who actually appears on the federal license." Um, to manufacture because they have to re maintain, they have to be in 
his possession and control when they leave the physical site until they're transferred to another individual, sold to them, um, you know, and it's and a transfer done in compliance with Class Three NFA yeah. Act, right? And I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. I'm just going to head over and talk to them, and um, and he says, well, he says, go over and talk to the the manufacturer and stuff like that, and he says, um, explain to them what they need to do, tell them that they can call me if they want, but essentially, unless you see something hinky that you think's hinky, um, technical term in law enforcement. Yeah, hinky, <laughs> hinky, yeah. Hinky. This guy's <laughs> hinky. Something suspicious. Um, he said, just give them a verbal warning and send me a copy of your report. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, cool. That sounds like a lot less work for me than <laughs> something that it could be. And uh, so I go over there. I make contact with the owner, um, who I've met at, at least on one other occasion uh, as a customer. Um because he runs a regular gun shop, too. And I said, uh, hi, you know, I doubt you remember me because I looked a lot different um, than I do now. Uh, bad, showed him my identification and explained what we had. And I said, uh, he, he, com- he, he confirmed that it, this guy's an employee of his and he had taken the weapons to the range for a test fire and that, um, that that's, you know, that's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, I contacted the ATF and everything like that. And this is where I, like, stepped in it, right? right. Oh, just yeah. totally stepped in it. I stepped in it. You could have st- just said, okay, thanks so much, and just gone. Right. Yeah, right, no, no. Right. No, I had no, to no. give him the warning, You had new information. You got to give him a warning. I got to yeah. give him a warning, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, I talked to ATF, and this is what they told me. And he said, well, who'd you talk to? And I told him who I talked to. And he's like, well. That's not right. He said, just a week, <laughs> he said, just a week ago, we had compliance here. And um, this issue came up with them uh-huh. because I asked them. You know, I said, how do I remain compliant with my weapons moving off-site for test fire? And um, we came to this, we came to the, to the solution that um, obviously uh, a copy of the tax stamp for every Class three weapon right. has, Doc- to, tra- has Doc- to be transported. Got my documentation, yeah. yeah. Yep. But he said then, um, and he pulls out this piece of paper. This is all, oh, like I said, I stepped in it big time. He pulls out this piece of paper that is um, essentially an affidavit completed by him that this individual is an employee of his and is acting as an as my agent, agent right. while he does this. And he says, this is what ATF Compliance and I came up with to be totally in compliance with this and yeah. stuff like that. And I said, oh, oh. That's, that's new information. <laughs> that's new information to me. And uh, I said, can I, you know, can I have a copy of this? He says, oh, sure. Can you copy of that stuff? And I said, uh, so hold that thought. I've got to make a call. <laughs> and I sheepishly went out to my car and got on my cell phone and called the guy I had been talking to and explained this whole thing. And he goes, expletive, expletive. <laughs> expletive. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Scott, for going over there and doing that, but yeah. we don't need that anymore. And, then, and he goes, no one ever talks to anyone in this agency, and we do not know what is going on half the time. Because <laughs> when I had called him, he said, I had called him initially to ask about this. He didn't just give me the answer. He says, I'll give you this answer. He said, but I'm going to check it. And right. he ran it two levels up past him, including through legal. Yeah. He actually talked to the ATF attorney. And the answer he gave me about the warning thing was ATF's attorney, like out of the Chicago office right. or something like that. And it's can complete completely conflicts with, with what the yeah. owner of this business had just been told. So after he got done <laughs> after he got done cursing his lot in life, he basically said, 
Yeah, so uh, thank the owner for his time. Yeah. Tell him he's good, and uh, we really appreciate it. Um, everything indicates that those guys are doing a bang-up job up there. Yeah, they're just doing Basically, just he's doing like, things. I'm going to send you back in after you stepped in it with both yeah. feet, and it's totally my <laughs> fault. And, but uh, you're going to go do it. Thanks. That's right. So, so I went back in, and I said, well, hey, big surprise. Yeah. Um, one side tell one person tells me this, and three other people tell me this. You're doing great. Um, I'm sorry that I took up your time with this and everything else like that. And hopefully, you know, you didn't feel it was too intrusive because again, I was never looking to make anything out of anything. Yeah, and yeah, he was totally cool. And um, then I probably spent the next half hour there talking to him about machine guns. Yeah, you're, you're trying to buy guns. At like, that hey, point. check yeah. this out. <laughs> they just started putting toys in my hand in a typical fashion. <laughs> But I, well, that, that's the example I always give yeah, with. ATF is a huge bureaucracy. Right. And there's, there's, you know, everybody's trying to do a good job. And I don't think there's any real nefarious stuff going on, certainly at the, at the, at the field level by any means. Uh, you know, they're, they're good folks doing a good job. They are. They're just getting some, some, some weird pushes and pulls. And, you know, it looks like the, the Biden administration is, is potentially going to be doing a little pushing and pulling with, with ATF also. So, I don't know. It, it's um, we'll, well, we'll see what unfolds, yeah. but you know, good folks. Just oh, I've, trying, I've, trying to the, the the people that I have worked with at the field level, and granted, and I'm just a you know podunk ex cop from Wisconsin, but um, the guys that I had worked with uh, assigned to you know like the U.S. Attorney's Office or that's where their where their office was, you know that down in Madison and stuff like that, they were great people to work with. Yeah. And they they were all about, I would bring them cases that were related to illegal firearms and narcotics trafficking. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, well, no, we're all about that. Now, this is during the Bush era where right. where, um, um, where the top three prosecution um, priorities were terrorism, drugs, illegal Firearms yeah. trafficking and those connected to act, to crimes and everything else like that. And I had a great working relationship with them. I call them up any time. Yeah. Well, most people would never deal with the ATF personally, right? But if you do, it's like dealing with local law enforcement. Don't fail the attitude test. Oh, no, yeah. exactly. Because, yeah. You know, yeah. There's a person out on the street. Yeah. You can't. You can't be expected to know every law, every nuance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you start off wrong, it's not going to be. You know, it's not going to be pleasant. Yeah. 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 And that's a great point. It's uh, there, any interaction with law enforcement it, and whether you feel that it's right or it's wrong as we get into the self-defense arena and firearms and talking about the ATF, every interaction with law enforcement, no matter how mundane, if you want to, if you want to go that right mm -hmm. or how regular, there's a, there's a personality test. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you don't want to fail it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, sometimes that personality test determines whether on the on the edge of whether you oh. could be arrested or not be yeah, arrested. Well, what path we go down at this right. point. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, checking the time quick. I think we got time to take Mike's call. Brian, you want to put Mike through? Hello, Mike. Mike, hello. Hello, guys. How you doing? Good, buddy. How are you? Not bad. Just a quick question. I have a few firearms that I bought from you guys and Black Rifle, and I, I do business with Larry all the time. And I also have some that I bought from third-party guys. I asked you guys a question. Uh, if if it all goes to hell and they start taking guns, I mean, I know you guys wouldn't snitch on me, but I had to put all that information on the FFL, the 41, you know, all the paperwork. Is, do you guys suggest uh, always keeping a couple of, that the government 
has no way of knowing about because I'd hate for them to come take my guns. <laughs> oh, yeah. We want to go on the record of advising that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we want to go on the record of advising. Um, I, will, I, I will be perfectly honest with you, and as we just got done with a segment all about the huge bureaucracy that is um, the ATF and the federal government and such, um, you really don't have anything to worry about with the 4473s and everything else like that because yeah. quite honestly the paper the actual papers are retained by the the uh FFL dealer like Larry yeah. or Black Rifle and everything like that on site and even if Larry were to give up his FFL and have to turn over all those records to the ATF they put them on a pallet and stick them in a warehouse because yeah, they don't even yeah. have anybody that's they don't have enough personnel to do the things that they're supposed to do let alone look through all those records but right, until we go out up. of business, until Larry goes out of business, tracing center will call and say, "Who'd you sell the gun to?" Yeah, yeah. If there, and, there's a specific request. That's right. when that's, that make, that's model, and serial number that's is, a, but is that's shared. An, that's an individual, and they have you have uh, before you run a trace, you have to justify it, it has yeah. to be used in a crime, right? right. So or you recovered. know, when when somebody fills out that form four four seven three, um, we do record the make, model, and serial number of the firearms transferred, but when we seek approval from ATF, we have the category long gun handgun or other and then that's what that's what atf knows they 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 approved you for a long gun transfer that day they don't know how many um that you you bought that day um they just know that they they approved the the transfer and they don't know that you got a gun they know that they approved it you know your payment method might not have gone through and you might not have bought a gun that day even though we had had an approved check so it's yeah there, yeah, it's not something I would be concerned about. Right, unless you buy a handgun. Now, you do have multiple handguns. Multiple handguns are reported. Yeah, yeah, that's a separate form. And that's within five business days right. uh, buying multiples. All right. Um, so we are overtime on our break, and Brian has given me, like, the <laughs> look through the glass because I'm like, oh, this is really a great discussion. <laughs> You're listening to Gary on Guns. Hot Talk, 939 The Eagle. And we're back. I'm actually Scott Van Kirk filling in for Gary uh, this Saturday. He's on vacation, or what's the other that uh, community service? Community service. That was, that was the chatter heard earlier. I don't that's, know if that's yeah, accurate. That, that was a rumor I heard. I don't, in the studio. I don't want to spread a rumor, but yeah. that's I, what I heard. I heard. Somebody said Sasquatch was picking up trash on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, that's that really, must be. That's really what this stems from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Right. Man, exactly. I'm glad he doesn't listen. <laughs> oh, enjoy your enjoy your vacation, Gary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you're not listening. I will talk to him on Monday. I'll be like, how'd the show sound? What show? Is that the gun show? Oh, I never listen with you guys. <laughs> um, we want to thank Mike who was uh, who called in during the last segment, and we ran a little uh, ran a little long because I was getting the glare from Brian. Like, hey, you know, we the advertisers pay for their commercials. <laughs> oh, so hopefully we answered his questions. The voices you're hearing, uh, in addition to mine, is Larry Whalen from Modern Arms at the Brown Station location. Exactly, and Joe Gilbert from Joe Gilbert. U.S. Come get some training on. Well, there you go. There you go. We've got some firearms to look at, which we are going to do after the bottom of the hour. Um, Larry brought in some interesting things. It appears that he brought in three firearms. Um, the only thing, you're only counting three of them? Oh, uh, well, I'll, I'll get away with what I can get away with. <laughs> see, if I, if I well, preload... Well, when he walks out with one, <laughs> Larry, you only had three. Yeah, see? Remember, yeah, we see, only had yeah, three. Yeah. yeah, see, as I wave my hand in the Jedi mind trick, <laughs> there were three firearms, Larry. There were see, three firearms. I think there were only three firearms. That's right. Yeah. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm going to hit a couple of quick things that have popped up in the last week. 
So, Wauwatosa. Does anybody besides me know where Wauwatosa is? I do not know. Joe, Wauwatosa? I have no clue. All right. I think I saw that on an episode of South Park. There you go. <laughs> Wauwatosa. No, because it's not in Colorado. Wauwatosa is a suburb of the city of Milwaukee. And uh, recently, uh, I think it's a week ago yesterday now, or two weeks ago yesterday, they had a, uh, eight people were injured in a shooting at a mall um, in, wa- this, uh, in Wauwatosa. Uh, was suburb of Milwaukee, again, formerly stated. Uh, the mayor, Dennis McBride, um, was only too happy to share his wisdom on the disturbing v- event. And I quote, Mayfair Mall has a strict no-gun policy. McBride shared and said, guns have no places, no place in shopping malls or places in which crowds or people gather. If the shooter had complied with the policy... No one would have been hurt yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if only. Well, let's make some more policies. Well, we put up a sign. Come on. Boom. Right there. The sign. Wow. Wow. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. (laughs) All it takes is that you put up the sign. We made a policy. And the people who intend malicious and tragic events. Yeah. Oh. Just comply with it. Oh, there's a sign. It's we a, better not do that. It's a two-step. Okay, there, yeah. boom, we've solved it. Solved it. It's two steps. One, put up the sign. There you go. Two, bad guys, obey the sign. Obey the sign. Okay, yeah. One, Make one, a two, law, one, obey two. the law. Yeah. So we need one, two. two signs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one sign that says you can't do it. Another one to the bad guys, follow the, follow the sign. Yeah. One. Follow the sign. This yeah. is the law. Actually, a clarifying sign? I like it. I yeah. like the idea. <laughs> so, um, well, th- maybe that was what w- was missing, was the clarifying, clarifying sign. sign. Yeah, yeah. policy can't toward- be upheld unless there's a sign that says you have to read the sign. Points yeah. towards the other sign, obey that sign. Yeah. Right. That would be the simplest. So we have the sign that says no guns. Yeah. Right. And then we have another sign pointing to the other sign that says obey that sign. Right. Yeah. And then we need to raise the taxes quite a bit to pay for these new signs. Right. There needs to be new signs. Exactly. And then all crime will be all done. crime. Gone. Boom. Yeah. There yeah. you Poof. go. Finished. There so. you go. Wow. I don't. Ah, we're it seems like the mayor's I'm on a, top of stuff. I'm yeah. going to tell you I'll right have now. A Coke. I'm going to tell you right now, we are going to come back for another half hour, but I don't know. I don't know if we can finish on a higher note than that. Yeah. You're listening to Gary on Guns Hot Talk 939 The Eagle. Uh, actually, this is Scott Van Kirk. I'm filling in for Gary this morning. Uh, I've got Larry Wayland from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Always the Brown Station location. You can never move unless it's to another location that allows you to... Say Brown Station location. Well, exactly. Exactly. Or something similar. (laughs) (laughs) And also... (laughs) Joe Gilbert. Yeah, I'm here. JoeGilbert.us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, Larry, that just... Oh... Settle down. (laughs) Oh, you're like a you're like a little gnome on speed. All right. we do have a a pay channel that you can hear the conversations. There you go. There you go. Here we are. Here we are. Cost some money to hear those. That's right. Two introverts and a guy who has a confidence problem. <laughs> you be the judge. Oh, that might be a new. That might be a new show we do. That could be a great show. Yeah. <laughs> Two introverts and a guy with oh, a confidence problem. Oh, so Larry, problem. you brought us some firearms. I did. I did. I brought some you- guns. So I'm going to hand you this one. I brought four. I'm leaving with four, and we can do adoption paperwork at the store. It's not a problem. Be happy to sell you all of them. Three, three um, Jedi mind <laughs> So what I've given you there is the Springfield Armory 9mm EMP. 
So built from the ground up to be a nine millimeter sized gun, not a forty five um, that's been modified to, to accept nine millimeter. So the EMP is a nineteen eleven style, mm-hmm. um, ambidextrous manual safety, um, grip safety, exposed hammer, single action. Just a really high quality ex- uh, example of uh, Springfield's craftsmanship, um, equipped with night sights. Oh, absolutely! Uh, this is a clean used gun that we uh, took in on trade. And uh, got the three mags, the box, the holster, look, the whole, look, look whole at me, kit and caboodle. Look at me perk up when you say yeah. that. Can you believe that that's a used yeah. gun? No, I cannot in, uh, believe it. Great I tried, it was a straight-out trade for a high point. There you go. <laughs> Larry came out on top again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll give, you, I'll, give you, I'll give you twice what you paid for it, so $400. <clears throat> well, we have that priced at nine forty-five. <laughs> which, that's a good um, price. Which, you know, it, that is it's, a good price. It's not an inexpensive gun, but it is no. a good price. No, that's a premium gun. Those, yeah. those guns are... Yeah. Are banging a thousand above, depending on the options. And, normally, and I can't get them. Yeah, yeah. And this you know, is yeah. and this you've got this for sale for how much? Uh, Nine forty-five. Nine forty-five. Yeah. So, yeah. Le- so if I wanted eleven hundred. Well, yeah, we'll give you the uh, yeah, special you my, friends my, and family. My standard yeah. special deal that I've gotten. <laughs> I'm not saying I've never gotten a deal from Larry. But, Plus 20%. But actually, I've never gotten a deal from Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that battle comp? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Are you still T&E in that from... Uh, I am still T&E. Uh, well, it's obsolete now. Yeah. <laughs> he loaned it to me, and now it's so old that it doesn't even really... Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, they no changed, need to return it. They changed the thread pattern. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, change the thread pattern. <laughs> you probably wore it out. Yeah. So the, so the EMP9 is probably my favorite nine millimeter in the 1911 genre because of the fact that it was built from the ground up as a nine millimeter every one of them i've shot has been an excellent pistol Mm -hmm. and it comes stock that's a great that's a great price that uh the regular public has to pay for that by this by the way it already comes with an ambidextrous safety skeletonized hammer um uh it comes with a beaver tail grip safety uh, adjustable trigger and um, uh, night sights. Yeah, yeah. So no, this is uh, out of the box. And these I've shot these both in nine and forty. I'm not a huge forty guy, but even the forties are really nice, nice pistols. Yeah. Now this is the alloy frame with the steel slide. The forties, uh, uh, all I've seen are steel frame steel yep. slide. Oh yeah. So it, it's, I tell uh, the weight difference. Yeah. Got, got the weight difference there. Yeah. yeah. Boy, I tell you. Nice triggers. Yeah, Scotty might need this. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the female in our class last week, um, she, she this is what she ran yeah, for right. her handgun. Oh, that's, yeah. that's why Scott's thinking about it. Whoa. <laughs> Walked into that one. And since Gary's not here, yeah. there's yeah. nothing like a 1911 trigger. <laughs> we have to get that in. There you go. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Except if it's a crappy 1911 trigger. Yeah, yeah that's true. I've seen those. Not often, but I have seen them. Okay, so second, gun number two. The Canic TP9SF in the uh, tungsten Cerakote. Um, slide color with the fiber optic uh, front sight, Williams rear sight. Um, the 15 round magazine configuration on this one. Uh, they sell those in 15s and 17s and then higher capacity mags from that. Now, this is the Turkish manufacturer. Yeah, made in Turkey, imported v- by Century Arms International with a lifetime warranty. And very VP9 ish. Yes. Yes. Yep. Some Walter okay. influence there. Some HK yeah, influence. There's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with being. Nothing. It's. It sucks to be invaded by the Germans, but there's nothing wrong with being influenced by German That's gun right. manufacturers. That's right. Let's <laughs> spend all the money doing the R and D, and then we right. just copy it. <laughs> That's yeah. actually a great gun. Yeah. This. I mean, this is nice. You've, yeah. You've had one of these in before. Oh yeah. We, yeah. we move a lot of these. I'm glad to get some more back in. I um, like it. Yeah. Comes with the the two magazines, adjustable back straps. Um, 579 
Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. And um, the yeah. really good part is um, I do have some 9mm ammunition I can sell you when you buy a 9mm pistol from me. Mm. I don't currently have 9mm sitting on the shelf for sale. Okay. I do, however, have 45 ACP, 100-round bulk pack. It's factory remanufactured, 230 grain. I think it's $75 a 100. It's high, but it's, it's it's ammo, and we got some. It's, and we're uh, paying more for it now than we ever have. Yeah, uh, I also have um, some 62-grain, 223 ammunition. Okay. And it's uh, seventy-eight dollars a hundred. Okay. So we do have those uh, on the shelf today. So. Yep. And here's tickled, the here's the thing to understand. Ammo. Here's the thing to understand about ammo, and you can you can complain about. Oh, I can't believe I got to pay this for ammo and everything else like that. We have reached that point where we well we're long past the point where it's all about what the market. Yeah. What the market uh, demands, but in addition to that is, you know, it always, this could be the last shipment of 45 you get. Right. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't, don't have any assurances I'm going to get more. Yeah. From, week um, to, from week to week, it's, there's no, hey, I sold all the 45, and you're like, well, guess what? You're not getting any more. Right. And that was it. That's the end of it. Yeah. So, um, we have to, you know, if, if people are looking for ammo, buy it when you see it. Um, exactly. Because we don't know. Um, the, the pipeline's been exhausted. There, there's, no, there's no more ammo at the distributors for us to buy. Um, and it will be months and months before we see balance on uh, on ammunition. Yeah. Well, you know what a you know what a clean radio show I run where I'm paying attention to the boards and the screens. Yeah, you're every, still playing with that gun. You haven't even looked over here and everything else like that. Um, so we have Tom on the line, and good God, I don't have any idea how long he's been waiting. Hello, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hey, Tom. How are you doing? Okay. Uh, two topics. I'll let you pick which one you want to talk about. Okay. Um, one be uh, lining up the states to oppose the election steal for Federals 46. The other would be, if that doesn't happen, trying to negotiate a 28th Amendment that would reduce the right to keep and bear arms, but preserve like a bare minimum for us. Boy, I am going to tell you right off the bat, Tom, that given my knowledge, and I'm going to speak for my two um, introvert host today <laughs> that that is one that I would probably recommend you call Gary on the weekday show because Gary will do a deep dive onto that and he will give you he'll probably want to talk about both of those to be honest with you yeah. is that something you think we can do uh, it's up to you yeah I'm gonna have you I'm gonna refer you over give Gary a call he'll be back Monday and um, he'll go ahead and uh, um, probably deep dive Yep. Okay, then, then I'll just say this. Um, love high-point carbines. They just need a bigger trigger well. I can't get my heavy glove into it. No, I can understand that, and I'll be honest with you. I consider the high point carbine to be the flagship of their of their line. Yeah, yeah, I actually do. They, they, they run Absolutely. good for the for the money. That is actually a really really good pistol caliber carbine. Thanks for calling, Absolutely. Tom. We appreciate it, buddy. Take care. Bye bye. Well done. All right, so uh, we are, uh, so Warren Zevon's playing, and that means we're going to break. And uh, you're listening to Gary on Guns, Hot Talk 939, The Eagle. And we're back. This is Scott Van Kirk here with Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And Joe Gilbert from joegilbert.us. Hey, I'm here. All right, so we have got a call on the line with a question. It's Mike. Um, let's talk to Mike real quick, and hopefully we can answer it in our usual brief manner. Hey, Mike, how are you? <laughs> Thank you for taking my call. Sure, buddy. What's uh, up? Since the sheriff is the chief law enforcement officer for each county, uh, do you would you care to comment on uh, Sheriff Kerry in the event that uh, 
the Biden-Harris ticket would be president and vice president and um, make a tax on the Second Amendment through sure. executive order or sure, I'm, I'm, some I'm, kind of law. I am, uh, or, or at least one of us is, I am more than happy to comment just briefly that my interactions with the Boone County Sheriff's Department and my knowledge of the, of Sheriff Kerry is, is that he's a, he's a Second Amendment supporter. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to kick it over to, uh, Joe Gilbert from joegilbert.us. Hey, I saw, and this is a, um, uh, a message that I'd seen posted by the sheriff and, and he had basically said they're, they're sworn to uphold the law. And the, the upside of it is until you, in court, if you don't have standing, you can't challenge something. So, in essence, his thoughts are, even if it's something distasteful and he's forced to enforce it, that opens up the ability to now challenge the legislation in court and have a court rule on whether or not it's, it's you know, it's lawful or constitutional or whatever. So, they're really kind of put on, put on the spot. They do have to uphold the law, but that's not always a bad thing. Yeah, because we get to get that, that in front of a judge to be able to have... A ruling on it, and and hopefully get something that that's extra constitutional um, knocked down. So, mm -hmm. yeah. and and there is there's a history of independence within um, sheriffs departments if they choose to exercise it. Um, where you have, I mean, there's a number of states that have sheriffs that are non-compliant, yeah. even with state law, which is much closer to what they're supposed to be doing from an enforcement standpoint. Right. Um, it gets really a little murky sometimes when you start talking about federal law. And local enforcement, um, technically, as a local law enforcement officer, municipal or sheriff's department, you are empowered to enforce federal law. I will tell you that as a law enforcement officer for just over a decade, I never enforced one single federal law. Yeah, departments are not encouraged to <laughs> and, do so. Yeah. Unless, unless it related to um, federal level drug trafficking cases that I worked. Otherwise, never enforced a federal law of any in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So, so I, so I can rest a little bit easier. I think uh, that I think you're. I think you can take some solace in in the fact that uh, Sheriff Kerry has been um, and continues to be, in my opinion, uh, pro Second Amendment guy. Yeah, that's yeah. my. That's yeah. that's, that's, that's yeah. where I would yeah, say. I think it has. I think it has less to do with party politics with him than um, doing the right thing. Yep. All right. So thanks for thanks for calling, Mike. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Okay, so I am under the wire. I have got a gun in my hand. Uh oh, what you, is you have a Heiser Defense PS1, which is a single shot, um, forty-five, four ten. So it can shoot forty-five Colt or four ten, two and a half inch, two and yeah. two and a half, two and three quarter. What's it say? Uh, two and a half, two and a half inch, four tens or forty-five Colt. Um, all steel construction. It is single single <laughs> shot um, with a significantly safe trigger. Very uh, safe. It's got a lot of a lot of trigger pull. Yeah. Um, but it's a neat gun. It's made here in Missouri, Heiser Defense out yeah. of Peevely. Um, they sell this gun in other calibers also. They've got a two twenty three version of it. They've got one that's seven six two by thirty nine, and they have caliber conversions. So somebody oh. could buy this and buy Just change out the barrel. Yeah, change out the barrel. To, okay. Um, oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I yeah. would. Uh, and this is the one that you were sitting across the table where I said, "Hey, it looks like a Liberator." It does. It looks a little <laughs> like the Liberator from, from World, World War II. Yeah, yeah but it's better made. Oh yeah, yeah. not not, yeah, right. not stamped. Yeah. Not stamped. Yeah. And oh, yeah. if you're not familiar, just. Um, the general history lesson, the Liberator was a, a weapon that we was supposed to be dropped behind enemy lines, and it was a single shot 
45 ACP, yep. and its only purpose was uh, to get a better gun. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, you were supposed to use it to shoot a uh, a German soldier and take his gun. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this just seems to be really well made. I uh, It falls in that category that I would call a hideout gun. I wouldn't call this a backup gun. I'd call it a hideout. Yeah. And um, it does have an extremely safe trigger. One so safe that I, uh, I'll i go on record of violating my own rule that every weapon has to have a holster. Uh, this one probably doesn't. <laughs> It's got a significantly heavy trigger pull. Yeah, because you you know the the old saying goes, there's an exception to every rule. (laughs) This gun's exceptional. I just found it. It's exceptional. (laughs) Um, It's kind of cool. I mean, I I certainly would consider it, um, especially with the idea that I can put other... Um, other calibers onto yeah, it. Mine, mine like that. Barrel and, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Joe is over there looking at me, shaking his head like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is actually a great Christmas present. This would be great in a shadow box on somebody's desk. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, gift for your boss. Right. You know, that type of thing. Yeah, you know, it's like a bond. You know, it's no yeah, different than sure. a bond arms. Sure. It's, there's no practical use for it, but it right yeah. is. It's way cool. It's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm rolling. I'm rolling through a third world country with that down the front of my pants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, start trying to start a uh, trying to start a uh, a counter coup in a third world African country. And I'm rolling down. I'm with, rolling with a single shot. Well, yeah, you, <laughs> start you can be making a music video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing the cameras aren't on anymore. <laughs> I think we're the reason they're not. <laughs> All right, you, you, so just decided to save the best for last. I did. I uh, yeah. handed you the Ruger Fifty Seven. So five seven by twenty eight, twenty round magazine capacity. Uh, beautiful Ruger gun. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the five seven. Carry one every day. Um, and this is Ruger's version of it. I love it. it it's a great gun. Manual safety um, in a very traditional thumb activated position, unlike the trigger finger activated uh, safety on the FN five seven. Oh yeah, and but, I mean it's it's got a slimmer uh, grip angle than the five seven. Yep. Um, I like the enlarged trigger guard, accessory rail. This one appears to have slide cutouts. Is that due to porting, or is that it's just not not ported, but uh, just it is for weight uh, weight savings yeah. on the slide. Yep. Um, fiber optic front sight, uh, great trigger. Yep. Single Number. action. It is hammer driven, but yep. in, in, in an enclosed hammer. Yeah, I noticed that it was single action, yep. which means that you just simply means that much like carrying the the FN version, you are going to have to. Uh, Flip a safety. Yeah, off. you're gonna have to use a manual safety. Yeah. Yep. What do you got on this? Um, that. Oh man, I just. You had know, it up Christmas here, is coming up. It is. That's true. And I don't. You haven't gotten me anything this year. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, we got that brand new at seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine. Wow. Yeah. 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 That kind of messed up there. Yeah. We were just negotiating something that I agreed to do for you. They just know we just negotiated something that I agreed to do for Larry for free, and then he pulls this out. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. He suckered me in. I didn't want you to see it before we negotiated. <laughs> <laughs> Timing is everything. Right? I fell for it again. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Oh, this, hey, I really, really. Yeah, the five seven's a neat round. Oh, I'm, um, I'm know, a huge fan as well. I you, love you know the. That. I shoot the twenty seven grain, the lightweight projectile mm-hmm. out of mine. You know, it's ideally it, it maximizes my velocity out of the short barrel. Sure. Uh, the forty grain VMAX version is a great round, mm-hmm. but it, it's so much slower, significantly slower than the twenty seven grain. Um, I always shoot the fast stuff. And uh, I had noticed. If you, I don't know if you noticed or not, but uh, Spears now making a gold dot. I've seen forty I've, grain. I've I've seen. The rumors of it. I've you've never seen the, seen the, the ammo. Picture, seen a picture yeah. of the box? Seen yeah. a picture, yeah. <laughs> yeah I have seen any 
yeah. ammo is kind of like seeing Bigfoot now. Yeah, it yeah. is. Well, but I, I uh, say the reason that Spear did something like that is because we have seen such a proliferation of new 5.7s on the market to include yes. the River 5.7, yep. CMMG's, CMMG's line, line yep. of uh, uh, roller... Oh, radio blowback. Radio blowback. There you go. So anyway, thanks to, thanks to everyone for joining us. Uh, thanks to my good buddy, Larry Whalen. Thanks to my good buddy, Joe Gilbert. And uh, hey, uh, take care of each other, all right? Bye.